welcome to Bladespod, Monday the 22nd of June. My name's Ben, and on the line to talk about a pretty terrible game is Andrew. How you doing, mate? I'm doing terrible, Ben. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm fine apart from the football, but unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately we are duty-bound to uh, address that head-on, I suppose. Um, I mean, I, I guess the first... First point of order is we should uh, well will we be able to get through this without swearing? Um, that's that's the real challenge. I imagine. Yeah. I imagine we'll just about be able to do it. But yeah, there's uh, there are there are many four letter words that come to mind when trying to describe um, yesterday's performance. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got to say uh, that was that was the first time I've been embarrassed watching us this season and. Mm. For probably most or all of last season as well, and maybe a bit into the season before that as well. I mean, you know, we've played badly this season. We've been beaten this season. We've lost games. I maybe didn't feel we deserved to lose, but <clears throat> this genuinely was like, oh, I just I'm not enjoying this at all. I, I can't pull anything enjoyable out of this game. What about you? Exactly the same. To be honest, I think that first half was very similar to a lot of away performances we've had this season. I think, uh, and I think it's it's obviously a plan you know, sort of go for it after 60, 70 minutes. But it wasn't that dif- different for me to the Palace first half, for instance, which we won 1-0. The, the major difference was the second half, we just completely, cap- you know, capitulated. Is that a word? Sorry. Capitulated. I'm- capitulated. Yeah, I don't know why I can't even speak. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's the difference was we made the most basic errors imaginable. So we didn't give ourselves any sort of chance to even nick a goal in this game. Mm. I mean, y- you are right. We did actually start... Why? Well, I think that's maybe slightly generous, but you know, I think better than mm. better than we did against Aston Villa. I would say for mm. what for maybe fifteen twenty minutes. But the, the thing is, we just didn't really do anything in that phase, did we? We had, you know, we had a bit more possession down the right hand side in terms of you know getting the triangles going and stuff that we that usually is like a hallmark of us being successful. But yeah. nothing came out of it apart from like you know a, a volley from Sharp that would have been a phenomenal finish if he'd managed to. Mm. If he managed to score from it. I can't remember who the co-commentator was. He was like, oh, Shop will be disappointed he's not got that on target. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, actually, I, I can't remember who it was. Someone, someone on the S2 forum who said, oh, I should have finished that. <laughs> what? Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was Andy Hinchcliffe, actually, I just remembered, was the uh, co-commentator. But oh, right, well, that was a really hard yeah. chance. And then, you know, McBurney had that really soft header as well, which, I mean, there's... That was arguably even harder to score from the shots volley, to be honest, yeah. to score from there. But we had a couple of decent corners, I think, what could have caused problems. One of them really well defended by Newcastle, actually. I just like got it out before Egan come in. It looks all right, and this is what I mean. I, I don't think that first half gave me loads of cause for concern in this. We, we didn't play well, we were, and Norwood were in particular, we're just giving it away every single time, and no one were really imposing themselves on the game or anything like that. But it wasn't, I didn't see the second half coming based on that. Yeah, and in a funny, I, I almost don't want to do this and be like, uh, you know, well, if there isn't the red card, then the game would mm. be completely different, and it, it probably wouldn't have ended three nil to Newcastle. I think that's fair, but it just you know, a game and a half up to that point where you just haven't seen us create anything really of note at all. No. I mean, you know, actually the only the only real chance we did create was at one nil down and down to ten men when um, Sharp. Missed that header, which is yeah by by far the best chance we've created in uh, in the two games we've played so far. But you know, then by that point, everything sort of um, you know come crashing down a bit, hasn't it? And yeah, I don't I don't really know where to where to start in terms of 
events of the game. I mean, the, the main one of the, the big things is that I can't believe we've lost six points of this dreadful Newcastle side. And this is it. I've, I've just completed the view from. I couldn't face it yesterday, and they're all like saying we're rubbish and frauds. And you understand that they beat us twice. They just hammered us three 0 Five nil on aggregate against Newcastle. Yeah, five. This yeah. And we, we, it's our fault all the way through this pod. We're saying these are dreadful. And they've like banged five past us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that is that is pretty embarrassing, to be honest, because I don't feel like they had to do very much at all to win that game. I mean, yeah. all right, um, Sam Maximan particularly was, you know, a lot better than anything that we had to offer. But all the same, I mean, that first goal just comes from kind of three mistakes, really. But I suppose the first thing is to talk about the red card. Um and I, I will, uh, I, I do agree with Wilder on this. I thought that first yellow for Egan was so ridiculous. Like, I just didn't understand why the I referee... I remember, I was shouting at the time. Yeah, I just didn't understand why the referee felt the need to book both those players. Like, And, and certainly book Egan for just trying to restart the game. Um, but, but so he did, and it ends up costing us. And then, yeah, it's that... Uh, I know you wanted to mention this, but the sort of the long ball over the top almost that we've mm-hmm. we've kind of been diddled by several times this season, and yeah, yeah, he gets in a in a poor position and then decides that pulling back Joel Linton is uh, is the way to go, uh, and the referee, uh, well, play stops and the referee books him, sends him off, and yeah. one thing that did really frustrate me about that is I, I think if that had been reversed, if that had been our striker against their defender, I don't think we stop. I think we keep battling. Yeah, yeah, and probably yeah. lose the ball and nothing comes of it. And it's it's so frustrating that um, that we don't do that. I guess. And, I mean, if, if Joel Linton doesn't stop and turn to the referee, I think play goes on. And you know, maybe it's a free kick in fifteen yards time, or maybe he just loses the ball in a in a fifty fifty. And we did that loads of times yesterday as well. I just thought, mm-hmm. you know, we we turn fouls into fifty fifties if you like, you know, just by staying on his feet and like engaging in a tussle with a yeah. defender. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a small kind of, like, irritation on top of well, that. Well, the reason I wanted to bring the ball over the top up is because it's happened a lot in the, these last two games. Um, it's happened throughout the season, to be fair. There has been circumstances where Liverpool springs to mind in, at home where it happened, you know, just a ball over the top. West Ham where, uh, I think it was Felipe Anderson who went through. But in these last two games, it definitely seems to have happened more, and I can't work out if that's just a flu, just one of those things we're not quite on it, or if it's a tactic from the other side who have basically said, look, these guys don't like the ball over the top. I don't know if, if the teams have sort of using it as a tactic against us or it's just happening. Yeah, it might be a product of us uh, trying to overload and get players forward as well. But well, this is it. This is what people say. That performance in the second half is almost like, uh, exactly what people thought we would do, I think, this season in terms mm. of the points. We did like sort of... We, we were slow to get forward and stuff, but at the same time, every time Newcastle broke in the second half, I know we had 10 men, so it's just different, but they did look like they could score every time. I think they sort of eased off, to be honest, in the last 10. Yeah, which I was quite grateful for, because, you know, 3-0 down with 10 minutes left, and, you know, you're just being cut apart, basically. You know, well, the... I, just, I was shouting for the full time, it's like, please just blow the whistle, and it's not good when that's happening when you're 3-0 down. <laughs> no, and it, it, uh, Wilder's alluded to this in his interview, hasn't he, but... It wasn't just the fact we were 3-0 down, but it was the manner in which we were mm. playing, in inverted commas, at that point. We were just... I mean, and all right, you have to allow for being down to 10 men, but we were all over the place, weren't we? You know, you just got players, like, surging out of position, missing tackles. I mean, the amount of mistakes in this game, it was astonishing, really. I can't I can't. I, I tweeted it. you... 
I messaged you, didn't I, privately and just said, I did not know this team were capable of that. And I don't, and what I mean by that is not just the mistakes and stuff, but what you alluded to earlier about the, um, the just the, what's a lack of fight? That's the wrong term. But just the complete, sort of pretty unprofessional, to be fair, that last, like, after the second goal at least. Uh, we just sort of went out of any sort of system. We just went out of the window. We were diving into challenges. We were losing every 50-50. Couldn't put a pass together. You, you think back to the Brentford game where we went down to 10 men and we got, you know, battered in terms of possession and stuff. But there was quite clearly a, a system still in place, which is why we ended up winning the game. We went, all right, we rode his luck a little bit. But that was just how not to play, you know, with, with 10 men. Yeah, against, um, you know, against a Newcastle team that were just looking to counter-attack as well, I think. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great point you made a moment ago about, um, you know, this is kind of what we expected to see. Uh, not expected, but I think what some people would have expected is mm-hmm. to be like this season. I mean, we we just looked really, really poor in in yeah. every area. I mean, I don't. Think- I think. I mean, I don't know if you. I didn't see the Norwich game to be honest. How it were, but. I think we've looked the poorest side since everyone's come back. I think everyone's been poor. We'll come on to that later, hopefully, like talking about what the, the overall league and what it's been like. But I think we've looked the poorest side, which is incredible considering how raring to go we, we sounded or we were sort of professing. Uh, profess- yeah. Professing. Sorry. Yeah, that's the one. I can't speak today. So I'm blaming United. I just lost lost my head. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible, really, just how laboured we've come back. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the embarrassment, really, is that I've I've kind of I, I very willingly bought that line about raring to go, can't wait to get back at it, and then yeah, I haven't watched uh, I haven't watched every single game, but I've watched a lot of games, and we look just so sluggish and and not yeah, like you said, just not on it at all, and no. you know we've we've kind of got our, you know just just desserts out of that, I suppose. I mean, well, I watched Liverpool last night. Who this is going to sound insane, but they do play like us to a certain degree in the in the intensity. Uh, I think uh, obviously they're miles better, but I'm not comparing us to or anything like that. But I think there is definitely similarities between the two with the way the two teams play or try to play, and I think they look quite laboured as well, and it didn't work for them. And and that's that. I do think a lot of our game is about intensity, and I think it's possibly the reason why we start seasons off so slowly as well, because it does take us a while to get into. You know, in, into a season and get that intensity and everything. And I think without the crowds as well, it's all sort of come together to make this perfect storm of you, just everything that we were good at. As it's just not, it's just not coming to the fore. Yeah, I'm not ready to write all this off just yet because it is no, still pretty. Look, early I think days, but... in four or five games, I would not be surprised yeah. at all if we're back to what we were, you know, pre. February, whatever it was. Yeah, although it, it should be said, we probably would have lost our next game anyway, regardless of uh, yeah, you know, if it was uh, normal conditions, if you like. So, uh, not to get too doom and gloom, but things are probably going to, uh, if not get worse, then stay worse before they get slightly better. Um, yeah. Although, yeah, fortunately, yeah. Uh, Arsenal in the FA Cup, they look like they're in probably a, possibly a bigger mess than we are, to be honest. But yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, it's going to be it's a difficult run in anyway, um, and. You're looking at it now after that display. You think, "Wow, where are we going to pick a point up from now?" <laughs> you know, because it's obviously Man United next, and then obviously we've still got Chelsea, Tottenham. But I think, and, and you know, I could be proven wrong here, and it could go even worse and worse. But I do think after two or three, four games, uh, in, in another two or three or four games, I think we'll probably sort of get back to some sort of standard just as the season's ending. Yeah, well, we we can't get much worse than yesterday. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it's, I really, I. I you know, I sort of sat there going, like, what uh, What else can we do to be, you know, for this to go wrong? Because, 
you know, Stevens has mis- made the most basic error possible in the lead up to I their goal. I, I've watched that back twice, and I, I don't know what he's doing. I can't. I mean, he could take a touch. I, I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> he could do anything but that. In fact, if he doesn't try and kick the ball, it just hits him and probably ricochets somewhere else. But instead, runs through to Sam Maximan, who um, yeah, just shoots first time, and mm. Henderson doesn't get set because obviously, why would he be set for that kind of scenario? And it hits him on the foot and goes in and you know even yeah. then I imagine Henderson will think he probably should have saved it and then yeah. I, I, I give him a bit of leeway for that one Henderson because I think you're not expecting Stevens to do that at yeah. all no no I, I, I totally do as well um, but I, I imagine with his high standards he probably thinks yeah you know yeah, yeah. It, it basically was hit straight at my feet but I, I wasn't set enough to kick it away properly yeah um, so yeah you you know we, you've got that Norwood just I don't know but, Norwood with his, you know, I feel like this has become a bit of a truism among United fans that Norwood has like 10 or 12 amazing games and then one like, he just crams all his terrible moments into one game. Yeah. And I think this was the most terrible uh, game. From it's the I worst mean. I've ever seen him play by a mile. I think the first half was almost like a joke, I thought, like where <laughs> it really was, you know, just passing to though. Like, Me and my was... dad were actually laughing a couple of times, yeah. I mean, he did it the first time, thinking, what's he doing there? Then he did like the almost the identical same pass where it was just a square ball straight to them in our own third. Yeah, there was one uh, There was one in their, their third where I, um, it, it was like in the middle and he was trying to, I think he was trying to pass it to Bulldog, but he hit it straight to a Newcastle player. And if he hadn't hit it straight to that Newcastle player, there was another Newcastle player in the way anyway. <laughs> and obviously they counter-attack, but he's... Oh, it was weird. I looked at um, I looked up his pass completion at the end, so I was like, "This must be horrific." And he only misplaced eleven out of eighty-five passes. But I feel like every <laughs> single one had me shouting at my television, like, "How have you done that? What are you doing?" It's just. Uh, I mean, I, don't know, I saw on, on. I think it was on Twitter. Someone said, "I wonder if it's because we're wearing different coloured shorts." And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think you could give him that. To be fair, but... <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Manchester United grey kit excuse. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, it, it it wasn't just bad passing or bad play from him. It was just really basic. I mean, I'm not good at football, but I, I I can't even imagine me making that sort of error. You know what I mean? It, on the pitch, it was just un, really unusual from any player. Yeah, and you know that that Stevens mistake, like I said, uh, Jack Robinson, who uh, we deservedly praised in the the previous mm. game, you know he he, just, he was just mishitting pretty simple passes. You know, it was that one who just ended up passing out for a corner in the first? Yeah, uh, it wasn't the first half. Yeah, um, a couple of times we just got caught on a. I mean, this is the thing, you know. I, I think you can you can sort of charitably say like, well, you know, if it stays at ten may, uh, it stays eleven v eleven. Um, it probably would have gone differently. We were in the game and all this, but at the same time, they looked far more dangerous than we did. They did. You know? I mean, if Joel Linton were, uh, you know, in any sort of form or whatever, that, mm. that first half chance that he had, I mean, it, I was laughing out loud at that, I've got to admit, which he obviously came back to bite me, but I still find it funny looking at it now, to be honest. Do, do you have, I've watched it like, I mean, all the replays, yeah, I've, I've watched it however many replays it showed during the game, but do you have any idea what he actually did? No, I, I saw it Randy Lynchcliffe, as you say, and he was saying like he op- he's opened his body up, and then and then he just sort of stopped talking because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realise what had gone on either. Yeah, but like... yeah, it was just weird. I mean, again though, it's just another simple ball over the top, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. And there are a few others like where we just pushed up to the halfway line and just sort of got turned round the corner, and uh, 
Yeah, you know, Almiron I mean, turning onto it. You should never. I mean, for Egan were at fault for the sending off. He shouldn't have fouled him anyway. I mean, I'd have rather him gone through and scored, and still we had eleven men. Eleven men. Yeah. It brought back memories of the the Millwall game. You know, when he unballed it, and you're thinking, just let it go in. We'll, yeah. we'll go. We'll go again. But um, but you should never leave your centre half on the centre circle with a striker. I don't understand how that even got to that stage. I know Basham were coming back and recovering, but. I mean, Joel Linton is quite clearly quicker than Egan, and it was a race between them two. It's quite obvious that that ball over the top is going to cause issues. Yeah, I did, I did think that was pretty... You know, I, I get you trying to, you know, initiate a bit of physical contact, like knock him off his stride and stuff, but I did feel that was, yeah, a pretty dumb decision from Egan, to be honest. And that it just contributed to this real... I mean, look, we, we talked about how amateurish the situation was in the Villa game, but this was entire. Mm. I mean, I, I just thought it was amateur from... Almost everyone on the pitch. I don't think anyone deserved anything more than a five out of ten. Maybe I think like, Basham was the best player. I think Basham Sharp maybe. Yeah, Sharp put some massive effort. I felt so. There were a couple of times where Sharp did like decent hold up play, and there was just no one around him. Mm. But Bernie's like twenty yards away from him every single time he gets the ball, and vice versa. How are you meant to build an attack? It's not as if we've got a, you know, a, a Duffer uh, this season. You know, like playing in just like in the hole or anything like that. And I think again, it, it shows how important McGoldrick is to this team. Yeah, I mean, this is this is another thing, isn't it? I mean, the the, the main balancing act here is that you, uh, and I certainly don't want to. You cannot dress up what was an awful performance, like front to back, really. <laughs> we should also acknowledge that obviously we're in a very uh, a, a privileged position that we have earned ourselves, where the the worst case scenario is like a worrying end to the season rather than one with actual negative effects. I mean, if you're... Yeah, um, I mentioned you know, this myself, actually, on Ice 2. I said that, in a way, it's come at a... If you're going to go on a bad run, let, let it become like at the end of the season when you've got time to sort of reassess at the end of this season and say, right, well, that's not working, or maybe we need to change that. And imagine if we went back into a relegation battle like this. Yeah, I know. That's it. If it you know, if you... If you're Norwich or Villa or Bournemouth or someone like that, and you come out looking like this, and to be fair, a few a few of those have come out looking like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. then uh, then it really is worrying. But um, yeah, at the same time, you know, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy losing. I certainly don't enjoy having new, you know, this Newcastle side do the double over us. Yeah. And uh, Steve Bruce, the Steve Bruce who do I don't know if this is correct, but I saw I think it was honest too. Somebody said um, uh, it's ten wins out of twelve games against. That's correct. Us. Yeah, yeah, we're nine he, out of eleven before to, uh, before the game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, since he left us as manager, and obviously the uh, uh, I guess the the two non wins one would be the nil nil with Wednesday, and the other one's the four one with Villa. Four one, yeah. From last season, I, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think this is sour grapes because we've been saying it also. I, I do think Newcastle are really really poor, and I think that's what makes it even worse. I think. Yeah. I think if we'd have stepped that up by twenty percent, we'd have probably got a point out of it, and I, th- I think that's what's really frustrating. Yeah, and potentially a point if we hadn't gone down to ten men and you know given them a goal or anything like that either. That but... just to me that were a one 0 either way, and I think probably mm. New- Newcastle were better first half. I think in terms of creating chances, definitely more dangerous. But you never know, you know, the Palace were more dangerous in their game in the first half and won that one one nil. They ran out of ideas. I, I don't think it would that. This is the thing. I think people will be saying as well away from home before the lockdown we have played a lot a lot of games like that I don't know if you agree in terms yeah, of like the, the first half just sort of trying to keep it solid with being quite safe and then trying to nick a goal yeah we're, we're super fine margins away this season, away from home this season like we yeah. you know I, I can't think if we apart from maybe Everton away is that the only game we've won by 
more than one goal. Two goals, yeah, and we, and we only had one shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think the performances lately, even though we've been picking up points in terms of like Palace away and uh, who were the one before that, the we got a draw at Arsenal, obviously, which was a decent result. Yeah. It's a world away from the performances that we put in against, for instance, Tottenham and Wolves. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, I mean, my other kind of concern uh, is last three games, if you go back to before the lockdown, uh, we've played three of the four worst defences in the league on expected goals against, and we scored one goal uh, against Norwich. And you know, I think we, I think we kind of, you know, stopped trying to score a little bit in that game. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's how much is the pandemic kind of uh, and the break kind of affecting us? But to go to Villa and Newcastle and barely create a thing, yeah. That's quite worrying to me. Yeah, to I completely agree. We, we, it's not as if... If we'd have started... Say so they were the first two games of the season, you're thinking, this is going to be... an. It's only because of what's happened before, and rightly so, that we know we can play better. But if you yeah. just based on these last two games since the pandemic, we look like probably the worst side in the league, or certainly with us and Norwich anyway. Uh, I've, I, what I've watched, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. I mean, the T... Just a... Uh, Look at the team. Um, Fleck came back in uh, for Lundstrom onto the left of midfield. I've got to say, I, I forgot he was playing in the second yeah. half. Um, yeah. You know, clearly not up to full speed at all. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but we just had absolutely nothing down the left in the first half. And it really makes you wonder how important O'Connell is. He was obviously still out with um, mm. Jack Robinson still playing instead, but I mean, we just we just didn't have anything down the left at all. This is what I don't... I mean, obviously before when O'Connell's been out last season, we played Stevens there, and mm. that works in because he knows how to get forward, you know, and mm. I understand why we've gone for Robinson. He's more solid. It's a better division. But I thought Robinson were really good in the first game defensively, but in an attacking sense, I mean, it showed you like a graph in the first half. They were all down the right, weren't they? Everyone were playing okay in the first 10 minutes. There were nothing down the left. Yeah, we were just sort of camped in there uh, on the right-hand side of the yeah. spot, I suppose. Um, I mean, we, well, we may well end up with Stevens at, uh, at left centre-back for the next game, which we'll, we'll get onto, I suppose. Mm. Um and yeah, otherwise, otherwise the same team. Uh, Freeman came on. Luke Freeman, that is, came on near the end. Uh, Kieran Freeman got his Premier League debut. Where? Tell me where Kieran Freeman was playing in this game. Uh, right midfield back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was even further. I don't forward. know. Just his own position, his own little free roll down that right hand side. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, he was only on the pitch for uh, four minutes plus stoppage time. But I was sort of looking at him going. Where is he? Like, what number is Freeman again? He's eighteen, right? Where, where is eighteen? Yeah. Like, is that bulldog out there? Or is it, is he even still on the pitch? I don't know why I found the subs thing like harder to track than I expected. I mean, we didn't it were a strange substitution in the first place, but I suppose it was just a case of you know get out there and you, you know Freeman's going to put the effort in and stuff. It, the game had gone on it. I think that's so. I've seen a lot of people talk about why didn't he put Moussa on? Well, what's the point? I think he'll probably mm. play on Wednesday. He's certainly going to play on Sunday. I would have thought against Arsenal if you don't play Wednesday. What is the point of putting Moussa on for fifteen minutes? Yeah, yeah, there is that. Zivkovic came on instead in 15 minutes and yeah. I just, I don't know, didn't really do anything to impress, to be honest. I mean, you know, just basically gave it away a couple of times, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't really, uh, I mean, it's difficult. It's his debut with 3 down, 10 men playing rubbish. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. judge him on that, but yeah. It, it, this is what I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't see why you... I mean, it's defeatist maybe, but why put Moussa on? Why not just save him? Yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, one slightly curious thing is... 
Uh, we stayed with essentially. Well, we kept two up front, didn't we? After the red card, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and went, went to a back four, um, and it kind of kept that midfield three. But I, I did wonder if we could have tried. I don't know. It felt a bit strange bringing uh, Lundstrom as the first substitution and not Freeman or someone like that, like, mm-hmm. or just trying something a bit different, I suppose. But I don't know. Well, in, just, nine, uh, in hindsight, maybe it would have been better to go uh, five. What five three one? Yeah, something like that. Maybe McBurney up front on his own, but we're getting nowhere, no one anywhere near McBurney. So mm. uh, all sharp. So maybe just leaving one of them up. I don't know. I, I think it was just the way we were playing. I don't think really. I think tactics were irrelevant, really. Yeah, I mean that's another thing that's kind of worried me a bit. Is we look so one paced suddenly. You know, as you kind of mentioned with that lack of, if you lose that intensity, we suddenly look really limited. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Newcastle had a pretty clear plan, which was just counter-attack at speed because they have like three or four players that they can do that. And, you know, Richie's Rich shooting from everywhere. Almiron's bursting into the box. Joel Linton's being a, you know, a, a physical threat. Sam Maximan's trying to, you know, tech on a man every single time he gets yeah, the ball. Yeah, more so Palace against Bournemouth. I've only watched bits of it, but um, Zaha and, you know, it's just a, a massive outlet. And we have nothing like that. Yeah, I do. I do think with Mister Trick not playing Musa already, like I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, Sharp and McBurney, I think are, that's a good combo. If it's, I guess, if we were at full speed and we're, you know, if we're we're playing in a controlled fashion, but yeah, if you're dominating possession or whatever, like you know, yeah, that's fine. I think those two work really well against Norwich, for instance, because it was quite an even game. Um, we we sort of passed the ball better and stuff. But like you say, if the if the passing's not there. You have to go a bit more. I think every team's going a bit more direct, and the only person who we can sort of do that with is Moose. Yeah, indeed. And McGoldrick was out as well with an injury. Um, so yeah, it, I think McGoldrick, by the way, against Man U, isn't I? Is back. You said. Yeah, I think. Hopefully. I think Wilder did confirm that yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, that's some good news. Um, so yeah, that first goal was kind of uh, two and a half mistakes. I think so it started with us losing the ball in the first place. Uh, second one, mm. um, second one. I think it was uh, like McBurney sort of headed it towards Lundstrom, and it it just went nowhere near him. I think it was the second one, and Richie yeah, just dri- yeah, dribbled yeah. forward. And Richie went through, and bad, I thought they were bad defending from Baldock as well. And it's difficult when someone's running at you, but he just sort of completely backtracks, doesn't he? Like for about thirty seconds, it's probably not that long, but that's what it felt like. And then I don't know, Anderson doesn't move, does he? So. Yeah, I don't think he saves it even if he does move. No, it's, it's one of them, it looks worse than it probably is, like the fact he just stood there, but it was like sliced right mm. into the corner of the net. I don't think he... Yeah, it's it a weird, I don't know, weird contact from Richie, I thought. Like, difficult, yeah. to, difficult to read that. Um, and indeed, he seemed to be wrong-footed. And then, yeah, third goal, Almiron breaks down the left and um, uh, Joe Linton's there to tap it into the net. Goal Linton, as the, he's been called Goal now. Linton. It's... <laughs> His second Premier League goal. I mean, should say Sam Maximan has scored uh, 66% of his league goals against us now. He's not a prolific. <laughs> He's uh, for Newcastle, that is. I don't know what yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was playing for and how he, how he was uh, in front of goal for his previous clubs. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It just felt like, uh, do you know, it, it kind of made me think back to, like, with the bad days of League One where mm-hmm. it didn't matter how bad, I mean, you and I have obviously revisited this in depth with uh, with some seasons reviews recently, but you know, it didn't yeah. matter how bad the opposition was. It'd just be like, right, lads, you're on a 10-match run without winning a game. Well, here's Sheffield United. Just come and 
fill your boots, and that's really yeah. how it felt. And this that's... is like well, I said, this is what I meant when I said like I didn't know this team could play like that. I, I think it was just everything about it. You can sort of accept playing Paul in the basic areas, for instance, that Norwood mate, you can say, well, it's just one of those games, you know, it's mm. almost laughable how bad he was, it's not going to happen again, but it was everything, wasn't it? It was Lee one sort of Atkins time with a lack of fight and stuff like that, and I, I think they put the effort in, I think they're running, and, you know, the work rate were fine, but, you know, Wilder said himself, didn't he, the last 20 minutes, he didn't like what he saw, they, they were throwing their arms in the air and heads went down, and yeah. that's just not this team. No, um, and I, I want to, you know, I want to see more from us in the next couple of games. I want to see, you know, more intensity, you know, better, I, I think a bit more bravery in attack, a bit more risk-taking in attack, in some, not our mm-hmm. final third, if you like, yeah. in our own final third, that is. And, yeah, you know, we, as I say, it's an incredibly tough game on um, on Wednesday night, obviously, and then you've got the yeah. FA Cup. I'm not looking for, do you know what? This is. I think this is one of the reasons of the disappointment as well, is like we've all been saying, can't wait, come on, we're coming back. And then you know, you're like, oh, God, I'm dreading it Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not dreading it, but I've got to say, I'm not, I'm not as excited. I was excited for yesterday, even though I knew it would be a terrible game. I suppose, yeah. actually, if you're a neutral, it was a more interesting game than uh, probably mm. expected. But I thought there's no way this is anything more than a dull game. No. Um, whereas, Too low yeah. scoring sides. I mean, as good as we we have been, we're not a four or five. You know, we're not we're not Newcastle under Keegan, are we? Oh, God, no. I mean, what is it, 30 goals, I think, total in this season? Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, no, that's, where, that's where the problems lie. And this is what I think Wilder said after the match, and rightly so, was that... You know, that defence has been fantastic this season. You know, it, it was always going to be a game, weren't they, like this, where everything just sort of went wrong. And as bad as we were against Villa, I think they only had, what, two or three proper chances? And they were, it weren't a brilliant defender or anything like that. But we, again, we kept a shape and we looked Solid. dogged. Yeah, and on another day we win 1-0, you know, and, and no one's thinking about how bad the performance was. He's looking at it, yeah, we won 1-0. So... This is I, I will I will allow the defence and, and and the basic errors, but I think the attitude and stuff just wasn't what I think we expect from this team. Yeah. I think yeah, I think you, you you kind of nailed it though. It's that's the that's the thing that's kind of most disturbing to me about this defeat, apart from losing Steve Bruce for God's sake. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just that so many players played so badly, and, and not just like not just. Uh, Badly as in did not have a good game, but actually we're making basic errors that we we know they're better than. That. I think that's the thing is like I just watched that game. I was like, I know all of you are better than this. I've seen yeah. it with my own eyes in the last, you know, all the way through this season. And you know, then you just kind of can't help think like, has yeah, has this break kind of is that basically just going to you know kill our chances this season or? Yeah. Or you know, set us back by like four or five games. If we, you know, maybe we'll get back to it or not, or maybe there's something else. But it's it's weird. I mean, yeah, you know, that's both a blessing and a curse in a way. Is like, you know, that was awful. I don't ever want to sit through that again. But yeah. at the same time, I know you're not that bad. I know that. Well, this is it's Stevens understandable. People, clearable. Oh, it's understandable. People are saying this, but I, you know, you're going on Twitter and stuff, and everyone's saying, "Oh, Sheffield United just the next Huddersfield and stuff." And I understand why, from the outside, that's what it looks like. You know, it looks like we've had a break, we've lost the momentum, and now we've just turned rubbish. We know we're better than that. We know that this is not a team that got through. And I think it's easy to think that, oh, they got through on guts and work rate and all this sort of stuff. But there was a genuine amount of, you know, quality in there. We played some fantastic stuff earlier in the season. Man U at home, that first half, we were as good as anyone, I think, in that first half against Man United. We're not, you know, we're we're not just a an up-and-under sort of side, Stoke City, you know, physical, 
and sort of regimented or anything like that. We have got genuine talent, but it's not working. And when that's not working, you've got to rely on your your other side of the game. And that yesterday, the other side of the game just fell completely short. Yeah, indeed. Um, are you are you ready to give out your alternative man of the match? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Brought to you by the Den Blades fanzine. It's the alternative man of the match. I have no idea who uh, who would be our real man of the match yesterday. It was that Sam Maximan received the official award. But uh, yes, this looks uh, takes an alternative angle at someone who we think deserves at least some praise. Maybe not special praise after that, <laughs> but at least some praise. Um, who do you want to nominate, mate? Well, you stole the thunder a little bit earlier. I'm, I've gone for Kieran Freeman um, because it's his premiership debut. You know, he's True. been around the block a little bit. He's, t- he's 28 now. He's played a lot of, you know, games in the championship. And he's been with us for ages. So it was nice to see him get a premiership out. Because he has been, you know, he's, he's not going to go down as an out-and-out out, out legend. But he's been good for us, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And uh, it was also his 200th league appearance in uh, professional football. So, you know, obviously he wants to do it in better circumstances. But I'm scrapping around for someone. <laughs> that's the only thing I could come up with that's any sort of positive. Yeah, no, that's good. I uh, I was going to nominate anyone who watched the full ninety minutes. To be honest, <laughs> you uh, obviously also you know ordinarily would be like you know anyone who's paid money to go and see that. Um, mm. But as it is, it's anyone who managed to to watch the full time and not just completely give up and just start looking at stuff on your phone <laughs> or uh, or whatever instead. Yeah. But no, I like Kieran Freeman as a shout mate because um, yeah, he obviously. You know, huge part in getting like the start of this journey, getting us into uh, into the championship out of League One. Certainly did a did a, a more than a solid job for us in the championship as well. So, yeah, yeah nice to see him um, get that reward of, of Premier League football, uh, even if um, you know, as you say, the circumstances were pretty dire, I suppose, at the yeah, time. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very happy to go your nomination of uh, as Kieran Freeman as alternative man of the match and. I suppose that kindness says it all about the team performance. That, uh, yeah, that's someone who came on for about three minutes. <laughs> yeah, a, uh, a right back who played in attacking midfield for three or four minutes was, you know, our least worst player on the day, possibly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. That is the Den Blades alternative man of the match brought to you by the Den Blades fanzine. As always, you can uh, check out the fanzine and you need to pick up your copy from denblades.co.uk, which I very strongly recommend that you do. Um, a few other bits of, uh, I guess, housekeeping with the squad, which just kind of, uh, I guess, update on from um, from the last time we spoke. So, Mo Besic has indeed returned to Everton. Um, last time we spoke, that was uh, that had been reported by uh, the Sun, I think, wasn't it, a couple of weeks ago? But nothing actually from United. But it was confirmed before this game. Um, and the other one was uh, Panos Retsos is going to return to Leverkusen. He is no longer a Sheffield United player, or he will not be um, in the next couple of days, I suppose. He certainly won't play for us again this season. Um, what did you make of that? Strange signing all around. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if uh, the, the finances have changed. I imagine it's probably more to do with that than anything else. We probably were willing to take a gamble on him uh, before. We thought, right, well... Obviously, no one knew what would go around the corner of the pandemic. You thought, we'll see him in the final few games, see how he trains with the lads and all this sort of stuff. Finances for everyone's probably tighten a little bit, and we probably can't willing to take that gamble on someone who's not had the best time uh, through injuries, and maybe he's just not fitted in. Oh, not fitted in, but you know, maybe he's not he's not shone in training like Wilder thought he should do. Mm. Yeah, it's it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean. Mm. 
I'd like to ask you when Giddings asked him today in the in the press conference. I'm quite disappointed they didn't follow up with what's happened. You know, like what what, mm. what happens? This is all of a sudden changed. What uh, what did he ask? Just just can you tell us about the situation or something? It's just yeah, just that, and he just said exactly the same. You know, Bessie's has gone back. Retzos is going back whenever it is tomorrow. Uh, Zikrovic is with us till the end of the season. So with Retzos, I mean, <clears throat> the facts that we know are that we had an agreement in place to buy him at the end of this season. Mm. So that makes me wonder if, um, you know, whatever fee was agreed with Leverkusen, if that suddenly becomes uh, not a good deal for us because of, you know, the obviously yeah. changing conditions in the world and suddenly, you know, we're not willing to commit to that amount of money to a probably backup right centre-back. As this he, is it. You know. And I, I, this is my personal theory. I think that makes the most sense. I don't think it, I think it's more to do with we need to be a bit more... Shrewder, no, not shrewder. I don't think it sounds like it were a you know a bad sign or anything. But I think we need to be more careful. Yeah, and it, you know it, it may also be that we just think we can get better value elsewhere now. I mean, uh, you know, God knows what's going to happen with you know, like League One and the Championship. I mean, in terms of um, you know their, their revenue streams, if there's mm. no if there's no fans going in, and you know the sort of knock on effect of uh, if, if, if TV money kind of dries up a little bit. Yeah. Then I mean, suddenly you know some players that we've been essentially priced out of in that division, but not because we can't afford them, but because we don't think they're good value for yeah. what teams are quoting us. Maybe that you know the bottom falls out of that market, and we think actually we can go and get a you know a perfectly competent backup to Basham, possibly even the next Basham if you like. We can go and yeah. get him for less than we've agreed for for Retzos. I'm purely speculating here, but yeah, I mean I saw a couple of weeks ago uh, someone posted on, on Owls Talk, and one of their fans was saying uh, Wednesday fans were saying something like, oh. United now, you know, they had that money and now it's not going to be as much and, you know, they're going to fall through. I think it crap rolls downwards, doesn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> I think if, if we're struggling, um, then the, the teams below are going to be struggling even more. So you you are going to get... I th- I can see a lot of loan deals going around. You know where you pay the full wages for the season just to get them off the books. Mm, yeah, there's going to be... Potentially going to be a total... Scramble to reorganise in the lower leagues this summer. It's, yeah, and I think it's there'll be, be massive. So I mean, we've even seen it in the Premier League people refusing to play and things, aren't we? So mm. I think with everything as it is, there's going to be. I don't know. I don't know if player power comes into it even more with you know refusing to play and demanding to move to a different club and what you're supposed to do. It if you're struggling financially and you've just Charlton, for instance, have got Lyle Taylor sat there doing nothing. Let's say he had another year on his contract. You're going to cash in on him, aren't you? Because but you can't afford to have this player just sat around when you're desperate for cash as it is. Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, the other the other thing with uh, with Retzos and, and Besic going, squad suddenly looks super thin, doesn't it? I mean, mm. you know, again, not to jump ahead to the, the Man U game just yet, but, I mean, you know, we, we're bringing Kieran Freeman on up front and, you know, uh, Richero uh, Zivkovic, who is not, you know, he was signed as a bit of a flyer from China, wasn't he? To be yeah. honest, you know, I know he's he's from Ajax's academy, but a lot. Of, I mean, I think when we signed him, that was like a you know, well, let's just see how this goes, kind of signing. You know, yeah. why not? Yeah. I know United said they've been tracking him for a while, that kind of thing. But you know, suddenly it's not a very strong looking squad, and then Egan obviously misses the next game. You know, we're finishing that game with a back four with Chris Basham and Jack Robinson. I mean, oh that. That's not good, is it? That is a no. poor. No offense to Basham, but his his best performances have definitely come as on the right side of a three. Yeah, um, and but I would not not want to with... go the rest of the season with that two as a back part of a back four. I think 
No, well, this is the thing with Man United coming up. Say Jagielka is injured, uh, O'Connell's still out. It all, you know, that's just a couple of injuries, really, with Egan O'Connell and um, Egan, uh, Egan O'Connell and uh, go on, Jag Elka. I mean, they, all right, that's three centre halves, but you know, Norwich have had stuff like that to deal with all season, and it does sort, sort of show that we have. I won't say we've been lucky with injuries because I, I don't think it is luck. I think to to go four seasons which we have with no major injuries, and now it's all of a sudden all come because of this pandemic. Really, uh, yeah. I, I think that. Uh, I don't think it is luck, but it just goes to show how how well we've done to keep that back five as fit as... I mean, Jaggy Elkson have started one game, haven't they? Yeah, which I think was my new, actually. Yeah, and that's incredible, really. That just shows shows how Basham, O'Connell and Egan have not missed a minute, really. Yeah, well, uh, I think literally in the case of um, certainly Badger. O'Connell up to the other one, and then, yeah, yeah. Basham, Basham obviously... And the only one's Egan, as is, is through suspension. So it's, you know, it's... Uh, it just, yeah, and I think it, it really is starting to show now that we need massive backup, I think, next. I mean, I won't say... It's a difficult one, because who's going to come in knowing that you're going to be second fiddle to those three because they've been that good? You know, who who are you going to bring in? You don't want to be spending big money on, on an area that's already pretty strong. But we're looking at maybe Jack Rodwell coming in if, if Jaggy Elk is injured. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, they'll be playing, I think, certainly in the Championship and, and League One. Um, I know that won't excite people to be like, oh, we're going to sign some players from League One. But, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, younger players who, you know, could develop with us, uh, I think that might be the kind of area we're looking at. But I mean, you look at someone like Ben Osborne, you know. He, He's obviously been, I would say, happy to be second fiddle this season. But obviously, obviously came here knowing that he was going to be a backup and has yeah, you know, yeah. done really well whenever he's played. He's been you know ultra professional about it all. So they are out there for sure. But yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Um, just uh, what about? Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts just generally on the return of football. You know, uh, over this weekend, and I guess starting with last Wednesday as well. But as you know. Football's back and it's rubbish, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. I, I, you know, I have to keep reminding myself because <clears throat> partly I'm on a bit of a downer anyway, just from um, uh, how bad United have been uh, yeah. certainly yesterday and you know for most of the previous game as well. But it is just one round of games for most teams, and maybe Bundesliga was like this at the start, and I've misremembered it. But I do feel like those games were more entertaining and more open and exciting. I just I don't know. I wonder if, you know, we're obviously starting almost a month later, so a month further into summer, a month uh, a month of uh, further removed from everybody being at peak match fitness and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe it is just, uh, it's just going to take a couple of weeks for everyone to kind of get back up to speed. But yeah, what, what's been your overall thoughts on uh, on watching football again? It's been really, really poor, I think. And, and people did warn us about this, but I think obviously you're watching the Bundesliga and that, from the highlights and stuff I've seen of that and Serie A, it, it, that seems to be a lot better quality. And like you say, you we have to understand people have only played one game and stuff. I thought I thought Man U Tottenham were a decent match. Mm. I thought that were probably the most normal match that I've seen possibly so far. But yeah, I mean the, the Liverpool Everton game last night was quite sad watching. I think obviously no fans, local derby, Liverpool nowhere near the Liverpool that we, we, yeah, where they've been all season, and it, it's just. It does seem at this particular moment to me like a pre-season tournament. Mm. Yeah, I saw uh, Michael Cox tweeted yesterday actually saying, uh, I think it was during the 
I think it was during the oh, during the Merseyside derby. It was just uh, mm-hmm. I need to stop watching first halves. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, probably not right. probably not a bad idea. Actually. It's only been like three first half goals or something so far this season. I think it'll pick up uh, once the players get back to fitness. I think yeah. there's been no pre-season games, and I think that other than these sixty-minute things that are being played behind closed doors, I think that's a huge thing. And I think I think a lot of teams are not seeing it as a pre-season, but it's being played like a pre-season sort of thing because it. No one's fit. No, no one's match fit. No one's match sharp. So it's it's obviously. I imagine in three or four games time we're going to be seeing a lot better football. But yeah, it's going to be it's a bit of a slog, isn't it? These like this first week. Yeah, I mean, look, fo- football can be crap at times. You know, there's definitely, you know, you have a mm. super Sunday and it's like two nil nils and a one nil. It, it happens, doesn't it? But yeah, I, I think it's that. It's that slowness. I hate the drinks breaks. I'm like, all right, sorry, oh, sorry, players. I'm sure you do actually need the drink, but. God, I hate the drinks breaks. Like you know, yeah. the game's already you know pretty slow, and then we just have a a random it's break. The, the slowness is the thing that I mean. Even with the fake crowd noise and stuff like that, it, although it's not real, it sort of makes it sound a little bit more real. It's still slow, and it's still sort of it just don't feel right, does it? No, Jim. I don't explain to me why they don't stop the clock during the drinks break. Uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, what? That just doesn't make any sense at all. What on earth? Because I always forget, uh, second or like when it comes to injury time, six minutes of injury, like, where's that? Oh, yeah, drinks break. <laughs> but not always. We only had a minute the other day. I think minute in the first half, and all right, it wasn't a good game. Yeah, that's the drinks correct, break that. was longer so, yeah. than a minute. Yeah, that is correct, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing, actually. Probably some conspiracy yeah. to keep United out of Champions League, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that is what this entire season has been, after all. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I just don't like the drinks breaks. I don't like uh, I don't like the slow pace, as you say. That's that's been really frustrating. And presumably, as it gets warmer, that might actually slow down even more annoyingly. And uh, yeah, you know, I just teams... that, I think Go it's on. the sharpness. I, I think it's the sharpness more than the the heat or anything like that. I think it's just purely we've seen it with like every team uh, that I, I, has any team come back and you think, wow, well, these look good. Uh, I mean, I guess I've only watched one round of games. Um, Man City just looked their normal self. I mean, yeah. admittedly, they needed uh, needed David Luiz to to help out. I mean, yeah. this is kind of a, yeah, it's kind of segueing into the the next thing I wanted to say actually about this is it does feel like teams with uh, flair players, pacey players have yeah. a distinct advantage. So yeah. you know, Southampton just butchered Norwich because they have like. Two or three really dynamic attackers in um, uh, Redmond and uh, actually I'm not sure he played uh, Gineppo, but they have they have another attacker. So is it is it Bufal? Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm not going to pronounce it. I don't want to embarrass. But I've, I've already mispronounced two words today. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look, you know, like uh, Bergwijn, you know, kind of scores a solo goal for Spurs. Pogba yeah. and Fernandez come on and just you know basically kill it in the yeah. sort of 15 20. So Fernandez started that game, but in the like 15 20 minutes they were together on the pitch. Obviously, Sam Maximan yesterday. Um, there's a couple of other examples. Obviously, he's like De Bruyne and Sterling and stuff. Just yeah, picks up I mean, where, they, know, where they left off. To an extent, we're listing the best players in the Premier League here, so you know that's yeah, a kind of yeah. counter argument. But, but normally, they can be negate. You know, we, we've shown ourselves yeah. that they can be stopped, um, and it's just not really happening. They're getting far more space than they'd normally get, and they're going to hurt you. And I think this is what the the worry is about sort of the Man United game is. You can't really. There's not many teams. Out there in the Premier League, maybe even third for the for the in terms of just quality players on the ball, maybe Man U. Yeah, they have. A, yeah, they do have a lot of explosiveness for sure. Um, and, and that's kind of what I mean. It just feels like we've missed a trick not playing Musa. I mean, I'm assuming his fitness. 
Um, mm. But then you know you'd think why is he why is he on the bench if he's not fit? But yeah, not starting him and going with you know with, with all the all respect to McBurney and Sharp, they're they're not the quickest, they're not the most dynamic of strikers okay. at all. And I wonder if this will change it. But I I understand. I mean, I said the same on on, the, on this pod actually. That you know before the before the restart, you said what team would you go for? And I said, well, I think I'd go with the, the the one that finished against Norwich. I think they do deserve that. You know, we were on a decent run before the. The lockdown, mm. and I wonder if that sort of yesterday with the the final, not the final straw, but the you know the the sort of right things have changed. We need to change ourselves in terms of how we play. Go a little bit more direct. Get Moussa on. McGoldrick's going to have to play if he if he's there. Maybe Lundstrom just for, for the energy. I don't know if it's helping Berger being out there. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting the team that he picks actually, because realistically now I'd say the best chance we've got of any sort of success this season is probably in the cup. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but you know, I've seen some good games. I thought, uh, you know, Brighton Arsenal was uh, was an entertaining sort of second mm. half at least. Watford Leicester were decent actually. Yeah, uh, the Norwich Norwich Southampton game was an entertaining open game, um, albeit <laughs> probably far more open than Norwich would have liked. Yeah, um, I actually possibly the best game I've watched so far was Northampton Cheltenham in the. Uh, yeah. Two playoffs. Yeah, honestly, I, w- I watched that last week, uh, Thursday night, weren't it, or whatever. And it, I think, in a way, the smaller stadium meant yeah, it, it sort of seemed a bit more. Because I don't know, I didn't have the crowd noise on for it. Uh, yeah. I just had the normal thing. And because there's not many people in that stadium, it only holds about, what, 4,000 or whatever it is. Uh, Northampton, I don't know what it is, but you know, it, with the, that, the the coaches and stuff cheering after a goal, it just it felt quite normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think it's the second leg tonight, isn't it? And I, yeah. Well, I guess I'll probably end up watching. I think Man, is Man City Burnley tonight. Yeah, it is the, the big one. Yeah, <laughs> the big one. Yeah, Man yeah. City. Like Burnley do because they're another team a bit. You know, they've not got really mm. any sort of explosive players it's all you know Chris Wood and stuff like that they're not people getting behind the defence or anything like that are they so yeah that's true right uh, let's take a very quick break and then we will we will discuss uh, the next game Manchester United so uh, quick break before that quick break to tell you about a brand new sponsor of BlazePod do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up then look no further than Glistening Kicks a Sheffield based business who deliver high end cleaning restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections on your shoes. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service. So wherever you are in the country, you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. I should also mention Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans. They've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or... If you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, which is probably all of them, to be honest, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That's glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. And we're back and we are going to discuss the next game, which is Manchester United away at Old Trafford on uh, on Wednesday evening, 6pm kickoff, I believe. Not a neutral venue. They decided it wasn't uh, it wasn't worth it in the end. And, and, and to be honest, as a uh, 
as a Champions League decider, this one's taking a bit of a back step, hasn't you it? You say this. So, if we win, we go above them. That's insane, isn't it? I, you know, yeah. this, I mean, I, I can't remember whether I actually lobbed this caveat in there earlier, but obviously we are still seventh in the Premier League, having played the same amount of games as uh, all all our challengers, really, for this spot. I mean, yeah, every other team's played 30, apart from Man City, who obviously played tonight. Mm. Um so yeah, you're right. We actually would leapfrog them into fifth place if we managed yeah. to beat beat them. Um, I mean, I said earlier not to be overly negative, but this would have been a really, really difficult game even under normal conditions. But you look at it now, and the thinness of our squad is. I mean, this becomes a really difficult yeah. shot when it's. I think we. I'd look at the bookies odds, and I think we're eight to one at the moment, which. That feels low, to be honest. I mean, you know, we're we're looking at a team with no Dean Henderson, who obviously can't play, no Egan, who's suspended. I think probably no O'Connell. I'd be surprised if he's risked, to be honest. Yeah, even if he's back. I mean, Wilder, I don't know if you heard the press conference today, but uh, Wilder did say, because some people think they're in the now saying O'Connell's out for the season. Well, they're not in the now because he's not. Uh, Because we're, we're, we're assessing him every single day. Well, I think it'd be wrong to play him, to be completely honest. Yeah, if you're still if you're still at that stage where yeah, you're having to monitor him that closely. Yeah. If we have to go on, a, you know, if we we lose a couple of games or whatever in, in the league and stuff, and I'd rather have him back fully fit rather than risking another injury for next season. Yeah, you know, you could probably even say I'd rather have him fit to start the FA Cup quarter final. Completely, that, that's where all my attention's on now. That might seem a bit defeatist, but I just don't see how. You know, I, I, I don't know. I've, I, I, I reckon mentally, I probably have given up on any sort of European thing, which is not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. No, hardly. I mean, it's yeah. You know, as you say, we would go above Man U with a win, but it's just that it's that missed opportunity of the last two games, isn't it? Against you know two pretty poor sides. I know Newcastle are probably going to well, one because can they finish above us? Is that is that remotely feasible? Yeah. No, no there's yeah. six points behind us. I mean, it's pretty. Unlikely, they they, they can though. That's just the, that's the horror of it. <laughs> Um, you know, potentially only a half fit fleck for the next game, based yeah. on the weekend. McGoldrick obviously wasn't even fit enough to make the bench in that last game. Yeah. Jackie Elker apparently was only good enough to play 10 minutes um, mm. uh, against Newcastle, and in the end, we did not risk him. I think Jackie Elker will play. I think he has to. I mean, yeah. what the hell do we do if he can't? Seriously. Jack Rodwell, Super Jack. Jack Rodwell, has to play Yeah, I mean, surely. You know, surely we wouldn't go with a back four of Basham and Robinson. I mean, that is very, <laughs> that is so. I won't even say it's championship. It sounds really league one, doesn't it? That, to be fair, just as a back as a back two. I mean, Basham, we've seen him before in that position. As in a two, it's not his best position, is it? No, and going up against uh, you know Rashford and the rest, yeah, not ideal. Um, yeah. I'd... <laughs> I mean, I think it would be it would be a big surprise if we end up with Rodwell playing, but geez, you never know, do you? Um, no. Yeah, I, I wonder what we do formation wise. You know, do we? I can't see that we'll go with the same, completely the same formation. Do you think we might just go Musa up front on his own, or Musa McGoldrick maybe, and just accept? You know, McGoldrick is essentially playing as a midfielder. For That's most exactly of the game. how I think it'll go. I think I can see maybe Stevens going in at centre half again. Mm. Um, if if their injuries are right, I think we may. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that is an option. Obviously, if Jagielka's not fit, you could play maybe Robinson in the centre, maybe or Basham in the centre. I mean, it's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But and then it's obviously Stevens on the left and Osborne coming. I think Osborne does deserve a game as well, to be honest. Mm. 
I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a I suppose if O'Connell's fit, then it's not such a big deal, is it? Jagiel comes into the middle. No, 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 uh, it's fine. We can, it's we can keep fine. the same formation. I do think we need to play a back. I think we'll need a back three just just for defensiveness, to be yeah. honest. Just for some it's just who's going to play in that centre. If Jagielka's not fit, who do you play as that centre? I mean, I think you could play Basham on the right, Stevens on the left, but I don't know if Robinson, what if he could do that role in the centre. I'm not sure if that's his game at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's worrying, isn't it? To go, in, to go into any game with this level of, like, we're scrambling, aren't we? We're yeah. scrambling with players who, you know, the players who are supposed to be fit, as in, like, they're the ones who, who are supposed to be match fit and are starting both these games look awful and don't you know, <laughs> yeah. you know not to be you know not to beat around the bush they've looked awful essentially and certainly for the last game and you know part of the previous one and then when we're scrambling for players who who actually cannot play and we're having to sort of shoehorn shoehorn backups into key positions really yeah. it's, it's a it's it's a worrying a worrying a little bit of a mess for this game i think and it may it may well come together you know if it turns out we've we've kind of uh I don't know, kidded us along a bit and O'Connell's, you know, was pretty much fine for Sunday, but we didn't want to risk him. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. It might be... Uh, he did say, it, Wilder, he said, I'm not going to tell anyone when he is fit. <laughs> He'll just sort of appear yeah. in the team. So, well, it's, it's funny you should mention that. I didn't see any leaked team news uh, ahead of this Newcastle game. Was that just because I wasn't paying attention? I didn't you? either, no. I, who, who do you think they are not giving us the team news these people? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Wilder's words obviously had some effect. Um... Who's starting in goal? It, oh, would you? Oh, I, I think I'd, I'd go Simon Moore simply because I think he deserves. It, he's, he's sort of been all his entire season is based around these two games, aren't they? Man yeah. United home and away, the only two that he's real, realistically going to play in. I think I'd go for Moore, but it would be nice to see Verip just to see what he's like. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd go for Moore as well. He's obviously been on the bench for the last two games as well. Yeah, see, um, this is the other thing we talk about the defence. I, I keep forgetting Henderson's not going to be there neither. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, this you could potentially be missing what three out of your back six there: Henderson, yeah. Egan, O'Connell, and yeah, three pretty important pieces as well. And you know, Basham's just played you know uh, 180 minutes in uh, in what in a week it'll be. Baldock same, yeah, that's Stevens. Baldock and Stevens the same, so. You know that's that's going to be taxing, to be honest. So see, yeah, I put this... on Twitter Leon at centre half. So that's uh... <laughs> the big man. Um, the big man at centre half. It's pretty weird that Egan would get sent off and uh, sorry, not sent off. He would get suspended for both Manchester United. Yeah. Does, he just, does he just really not want to play against Man United? Yeah, maybe he's just scared of Rashford. That ball over the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, not chucking in the towel, but I'll be very impressed if we get anything out of this. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's... you know, I think do think Man United were that good against uh, Spurs, and obviously they, uh, you know, it, it took a, a penalty to mm. get them an equaliser in that game anyway. But I just think you know what we said about those kind of flare explosive players. Yeah. Fernandez is he has hit the ground running big time. I think up. we'll see Fernandez and Pogba play for the first time as well, which I know their fans are really excited about, and rightly so, because if they were to yeah. in the shrines, like, wow. I would uh, I would love to see that against anyone other than us, because, uh, yeah, I mean, even you know, his little cameo, Pogba, the other day, yeah. just looked, oh, he's such a and good player. And just on this subject, by the way, I think Fred's been playing a lot better uh, recently. He has. Uh, he actually has, yeah. I, I sort of... Uh, <laughs> Took the mick out of him a lot, I guess, yeah. the first half of the season. But and yeah, the reason, I think the reason I brought this up is because obviously Berger's getting a lot of stick, isn't he? Mm. 
mm. uh, at the moment from people. And I heard, I can't remember who it was, the pundit yesterday. It would, oh, I can't remember who it was. And they were saying, you've got to remember Fred's a young lad, 20, whatever he is, uh, coming over to a new contract. He's got to settle into that. And then he's got, you know, he's got this pressure of him being in the Premier League. It's such a faster pace and everything. And everything he was saying reminded me of Berger, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Interesting. Hopefully, he goes on a similar trajectory because, yeah, he has been uh, he has been a lot better, Fred. Mm. Here's a uh, a curveball for you. Could we see Berger playing in uh, in central defence in this game? Wow, I never thought of that. Um, yeah, play um, bash him into is if O'Connell's out, Robinson on the left, bash him in the middle, Berger on the right. That. Imagine that. Imagine if he's a fantastic centre half and he's a <laughs> ball player. Genuinely, uh, what did you think of Jordan's? By the way. <sighs> It wasn't better or worse than pretty much everybody else, uh, except he didn't make any mistakes. I don't think it was a couple of passes astray, but yeah, yeah. It's just um, I don't really, I don't really know what to do with him. To be honest, I mean, he's he's exactly mm. what I expected uh, in terms of like you know neat and tidy, good footballer kind of thing. But um, we, we we're lacking something from this team at the moment yeah. after on these last couple of games. And I don't think he's the person, like the kind of player that would provide it. So I don't know. I almost, I almost wanted us to take Norwood off yesterday after like an hour or so. And Same like, here. Yeah, that's what just, I was saying. Let's just, let's just stick Berger there, put Lundstrom on the right, and um, just you know, just just see how you get on as a as the playmaker that you mm. you know you kind of supposed to be like you know that's kind of how you played at, um, in your previous club and. Yeah. Uh, We've just not used you there at all. Be interesting because Norwood with that ball. I mean, the thing I know Norwood's been banging on for ages about playing at Old Trafford. Antics, so obviously, you come through the Man United Academy. Mm. Be interesting if he gets dropped. Actually, yeah, no, I can't see that. I, I don't think he will. But at the same time, I think there'll be a few calls for him to be dropped from certain supporters. Uh, well, they need to uh, yeah. they need to look <laughs> look back on his body of work. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean. Yeah. Apart from anything else, we haven't, we haven't got enough. We haven't got fit players to uh, just drop someone on form. I don't think. Yeah, well, this is where Mark Duffy comes back and uh, seals the show, gets us in Champions League, doesn't he? <laughs> he's still um, in the squad, isn't he? I don't know if he's training or anything, but he's back in Sheffield, I think. He won't be registered. There, no, 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 no. So uh, he won't be able to play. And unlike, uh, you know, unlike E.G. Tyler Smith or Regan Slater, um, yeah. he's not under twenty-three or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not hopeful of this one at all. Obviously, uh, I'll watch with uh, with some optimism, but yeah, I, I just feels like um, well, I, I guess what I would just like to see is an improved performance. To be honest, yeah, some... this is it. I, I, this sounds really defeatist, and it is because I'm going to say basically that if we can just sort of use it to try and get up to some sort of game speed, yeah. some some sort of intensity levels, back, I'd be happy with that. I think if we can just get these sort of players. It's back to anywhere like they were pre-lockdown. Mm. We'll just try and almost use it if we're if we're not going to win or anything like that. Try and use it as almost like a pre-season game in the sense of getting your fitness up and getting your your, your structure back and everything. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say something negative here in a potential reverse jinx attempt, and I could see us getting a bit of a hammer in yeah. this game. Uh, yeah, I did say uh, the same you know, after, straight after the Newcastle match. I texted someone. I said this, we're going to lose twenty nil. So any, <laughs> anything less than that, uh, I think, you'll uh, take. I'll be all take right. as a moral victory. Yeah, but, I'm just I'm just picturing you know backup goalkeeper, half fit players like Fleck or McGoldrick shoehorned into mm. the side essentially. Yeah, no Egan. O'Connell maybe not fit. Someone like Basham playing in the middle when we've never, you know, he never plays there. Rodwell yeah. at right centre by. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel, 
I feel this could be a, a, a bit of pain, to be honest, and it just like let's yeah. just get through this. It's actually what it's sounding like. It's, it's sounding like the League Cup team, and we know how that goes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So sorry about that. We're uh, we're ending the podcast on a, on a, an even lower point than watching watching us lose to. Uh, that is interesting, Steve by the way. Just stumbled upon that. Obviously, we play Paul in the League Cup, and people put it down to the eleven changes, which it probably is to a certain degree, but. Is that to do with the lack of fans and stuff? Is it something about that? Do we need that sort of high, <laughs> big match atmosphere sort of thing? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it just That just feels too basic to me. I like... know, I know. As I was saying it, I was thinking this is nonsense. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm halfway there, I might as well finish it off. <laughs> you committed to it. Um, we made it through this podcast without talking about the fact that um, Newcastle have a manager and three assistants, all called Steve. Mm. Steve Castle United. <laughs> so bizarre. It's um, amazing, isn't it? I mean, this is the thing. Everyone I'm going to go to my Columbia shirt yesterday saying, take it off, burn it. I'm going to keep it on for the Man U game. If we lose after that, yeah, that that maybe it comes in. But I think Steve Bruce and, and and the rest of the Steves are just kryptonite towards it, to be honest. I think it's foul. You know, that that's the, the main sort of power against it. Yeah, the actual Steve Bruce voodoo. Would you actually... I mean, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you uh, might be having a barbecue at some point in the near future. Would you actually burn the Columbia shirt? I think it'd be unfair. It's kept us up, on it? But, I, mean, I mean, the players have done a little bit as well, but yeah, <laughs> mainly, mainly, the, mainly shirt. the Columbia shirt that's done it. I think it'd be unfair. It's given me some great memories, you know. I think it's unfair if it's if, if the Columbia shirt has a bad end of the season. You won't burn Chris Wilder, would you? So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a bad end of the season, it's probably not advisable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just a sort of final final thought. I mean, you, you sort of touched on it already, but this. You know, we're kind of. Uh, I think if we lose this game, we're already starting to transition to the sort of the second prize of this season, if you like, which is kind of using it as a bit of a, a proving ground for next season. And yeah. you know, this is where we have to start looking at, like, yeah, you know, we have to start Luke Freeman and be like, are you know, are you good enough to be part of this team? Yeah, yeah. Is uh, you know, can can Berger and Norwood play together in a, a new formation? This what is, is it. the I mean, right I, I'm way? I'm actually quite not what's ex- well, yeah, sort of excited to see how that works out. And I do think we've 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 been really unlucky in the one way that the the pandemic has stopped the momentum. But we're lucky, or not lucky, because we've done it ourselves. But because we're safe, we can. So we, you know, if things carry on going badly for the next couple of games, which to be honest, I can see them happening. You know, in the league games with the games we've got coming up. And we just sort of drift to a mid-table finish. We can start experimenting a little bit, and that'll be interesting to see. You know, players who have not had a a real shot or a run of games to see how they how they go on. Yeah, and it'll be um, you know I, I don't doubt it'll be instructive for Wilder as well because you know he's mm. very uh, very clearly very short thrift with players who you know don't have the right attitude, don't work hard enough, don't play in the way that uh, that fits our team. I mean, he he was kind of. Touching on that today, when about players, you know, throwing their arms in the air in the last five or ten minutes, and and how uh, how annoyed he was at that, and how you know he needs to uh, stamp down on it, I suppose. So yeah, yeah it'll be. Like, uh... Do you want to pick out those players? Because I, I don't know, I can't remember who they were myself. Or I don't know if I noticed it myself, but I, I don't think I noticed no. it. To be honest, I saw, it was just the um... overall body language. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know if saw Basham do it, like when the second goal went in, or maybe the third goal. Uh, it didn't look good with uh, Norwood sort of jogging behind Joel Linton as he knocked it into the net when it was the, God, yeah, it was that... the most obvious run and pass 
of the entire game. But look, we're down to ten men. It was like the last minute when it's so. yeah, yeah. I give I give a pass to that, just not to uh, see Andy Carroll's beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't get that man a match. Actually, <laughs> it looks like he's been playing uh, playing Red Dead Redemption two too much and uh, so he looks spending like too long. Like cust- his <laughs> that's, a, that's a better analogy. I think he spent too long custom, customizing his avatar in Red Dead Redemption, and, uh, experimenting with all the facial. Hair. No, indeed. Did you see Mike Dean's beard yesterday on the subject of uh, facial hair? Yeah, and also some of his ludicrous decisions as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, uh, that, uh, the refereeing again. Since we've come back, I may sound like Warnock, but I think that, I mean, it, there's been some awful decisions flying around, aren't they, in the games? I'm trying to think now. What? What if I'm, there was well, I mean, uh, Gwen Doozy has managed to escape any further action for yeah, uh, thumping. Yeah, more and obviously more pie uh, thing, which was a foul, which he, there was nothing given to him, weren't they? It's madness, isn't it, that Egan gets sent off for sort of not even well, sort of squaring up to someone, not really touching them, and then Gwen Doozy gets away with basically getting some by the throat. <laughs> oh yeah, God, I didn't even think of that. But then yeah, he sort of socked him in the chest as a. Uh... As the full time whistle went yeah, as, as yeah. well, and uh, yeah, so uh, the, the reason for that, by the way, is that the even though the officials missed it, VAR noticed it and didn't think it was worthy of any action. So by that token, they've decided they can't do any retrospective action. So weird. Madness. I mean, he, I, I, don't think he, I don't think he would have been suspended for our FA Cup game anyway because it would have been in the Premier League. But it's like, eh, no. Uh, yeah, we lose Egan for something pretty daft. Although he should have known better than uh, the second one, definitely. I agree completely, yeah. Aye. So, uh, yeah, well, what do you want to see out of this Man U game then, just as a final note? What's, uh, what, apart like apart from obviously a point or three, what, mm. uh, what, what would make you feel good coming out of this? I want to see, I want to see what, I'd love to see us sort of play with the more intensity. That's all I want, really, I think, from this. I'm not expecting a win. With the, with the changes and everything, I'm not expecting the quality to be as good as we can be or anything like that. And with the, uh, Obviously, with the um, the fact that n- not everyone's match fit or you know up to speed or anything, I'm not expecting superb passing performance like we did in the first half against them last, uh, earlier on in the season. I just want the intensity back. I want to see us sort of back to sort of hassling and harrying and and just that sort of not giving an inch to anyone and sort of being the hardest working team in the league again because I don't think we're lucky at the moment. No, we do look a bit uh yeah, a bit powder puff at the moment. I'd I'd like to see I like a shot as well. <laughs> yeah, a shot, a couple of chances a goal would be alright, I guess, but um I I quite like to see what we saw at Man City, which obviously again we ended up losing, but you know, that, that we went into that with a very clear game plan of like, we mm. will be defensive and we'll work hard and keep our shape, but then we will break at pace. We had Moussa and Callum Robinson up yeah. front in that game and we caused them a lot of problems in that first half. You know, Moussa had that goal disallowed by, you know, like his knee was offside. He had another, I think he had two more one-on-ones, didn't he? Or certainly, no, he had a header mm. and a one-on-one and then, you know, Sharp yeah, had that right, one yeah. that hit the post at the end as well. That Even was a Liverpool really, were really good ball. Like, we were creating more chances away at Liverpool than we did. We have in the last two games. We had the obviously McBurney, <laughs> where he sort of clears it off his own line or, or whatever. And then, um, and then Moose had a, in the first half had a decent thing. And then there was a shot from McGoldrick as well. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I'd like to see Moose and McGoldrick play mm. uh, from the start. I think uh, my only worry with that is: do we put all those eggs into the cup basket? I don't know. I think we 
I don't know if we, I don't know if we can take that approach to be honest, yeah. given how poor we've looked in these first two games. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I need to see some good performances from players before we think about the cup. To be honest, yeah, that's, true. that's my true. take anyway. We might get yeah. Newcastle in semi final. Do not talk to me about that. <laughs> I don't, like that is that is probably the only bad thing about being in the Premier League next season is that Newcastle will be as well. It's like, oh, he might God. have gone by then. The, the three four sleeves the four sleeves may have gone by then so. <laughs> the four sleeves indeed we'll see uh, any any final <laughs> thoughts on either on this game or, or Man U or anything else with football coming back no, nah, just football's rubbish in it. You know, I'm going to. Uh, I've gone to the Wednesday view of things. It's just rubbish. I can see where they're coming from now. But now uh, <laughs> it's, it's just insane. You're looking forward to it for ages. We knew we weren't going to be the same and stuff. But I'd love to know how we'd feel about other games if we'd have won us first two games. Yeah. I, I'd love to know if we'd have been sitting again. It's amazing what's everyone moaning about. But <laughs> yeah. I, I I do agree with that. That's something we can't know, but it does. It has it has crossed my mind for sure. Um, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, just with the anyone who watched with the crowd noise on our game yesterday, it was just the crowd <laughs> chanting "You're not fit to referee" for about yeah. seventy-five minutes, which was f- extremely surreal. <laughs> you know, if I you're a Newcastle that. fan, I, it was. Uh... I did have the yeah, crowd on, noise so. on, um, but I uh, was just too busy screaming and swearing at my own TV, I think, to hear it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we don't have to wait long to see. Uh, to see whether we can improve, I suppose. Mm. And uh, obviously, we're still sat seventh in the league. And that is pretty mental, in it, that we can go above Man U with a win. It's it madness, isn't it? I mean, I was seeing people yesterday, 43 points mm. enough. Is, is it enough? Are we sure it's definitely enough? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we'll be all right. And we're at really 44, we're on, actually. So I think we're probably fine. Is it 44? Um, oh, see, I forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Why don't I have that in front of me? Get I'm looking at the table every two minutes. They're not looking at all this past week, to be honest. Here's 44, yeah. yeah. This game, this game, going into this manual game, does feel a little bit like some of those seasons. Maybe under Warnock, where we were just kind of outside the playoffs, where you kind of knew the team wasn't quite as good as the teams above us. Yeah. But you, and, and they've just lost to, I don't know, Shrewsbury or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Gillingham, you know, nil-nil draw with Gillingham or something. And you're sort of going, well, you know, if we go and win at this team on X night, then... We can actually go above them yeah. and that kind of thing. Like in your heart of hearts, knowing that it's not actually going to happen. Not what I, I think this ending to the season will actually become a little bit like one of those nondescript Warnock seasons. But believe yeah. me, I will take that any day of the week. <laughs> this is the yes. Premier League, you know. I mean, we've done amazingly well, but and, I, and I don't think people should be too disappointed if with four or five games to go, we've nothing to play for. Yeah, indeed. I uh, certainly will not be overly disappointed, and. Uh, yeah, we'll just basically sit back and uh, enjoy watching the games, I suppose. Well, if we lose to Man we will be shouting, let's sell the entire team, because that's our role on a match day. So. <laughs> Send them all to yeah. a different club. Yeah. <laughs> Any lone players, get rid, start again. <laughs> right, let's exactly. uh, let's leave it there, mate. Where can people... I'm sure everyone's itching to read the uh, view yeah. from Newcastle. Where where would they do that? Uh, it's com. People are just refusing to read it, uh, so uh, get, get a get a watch. It's... Uh, uh, it's just basically Newcastle fans saying they're amazing and we're rubbish. You don't want to see that. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you only watch the game, I think that's a pretty fair summary, to be honest. Yeah, completely, yeah. I, I've got to say, if, uh, if if you're listening to me right now, hearing my words, then uh, 
thank you for getting through the whole podcast about <laughs> how terrible we were yesterday <laughs> and how we're probably going to get hammered by Man U tomorrow night. So, it's honestly the yeah. first time since I've been doing these pods where I thought, oh, God, I really I can't be bothered to do that today. <laughs> I just want to forget about it. Go and watch Dickinson's Real Deal and then just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, let us, uh, let us leave it there then. Uh, we will be back after the Man United game, uh, win, lose or draw, to discuss that one. Hopefully my overly negative sensation towards that one does not prove correct, but uh, I think I'll be surprised. So we'll see. Hopefully I will be surprised. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap up there then. And uh, thanks as always for your time, for, for putting in the effort after a, a miserable performance against... Newcastle United and uh, yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully better things to talk about in the not too distant future got the FA Cup on Sunday after all yeah nice one mate alright thanks Thank very you, much mate. talk cheers. to you later cheers bye bye goodbye thanks to Andrew thanks very much to you for listening and downloading And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today. Get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 